Hey, Don. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Don Sento, producer, guitarist, composer, and show favorite based right here in Austin, Texas. Don has recorded, toured, and or shared the stage with the likes of Sarah Jaffe, Ume, Little Jack Melody, and Chomsky, just to name a few. Don also records his own music under the name El Cento and co-leads the instrumental band Shibboleth. He has also recently completed a new collaborative project with Pink Nasty called Pink Nasty Meets El Cento, and they debuted songs from the new album at this year's South by Southwest. We'll talk more about everything Don has been up to in between our song picks. Also, did you know that now on Spotify, you can listen to the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. Just search for What Are You Listening To With Music? If you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Don, what are you listening to this week? Well, Jen, this week I've got two songs for you, and the first one we'll talk about is a song by Phil Linnett, or Linnett, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, it's called Old Town. Uh, Phil is probably better known as the uh, singer, bassist, and leader of... Um, Thin Lizzy. That's right. <laughs> I, was I, was, I was waiting there for a second, Don. Don't gonna, scare me. I was going to say Lizzie Borden, but no, it's Thin, <laughs> it's thin Lizzy. It's, it's still early on, on a, on a right, Friday, right. right? It is, it is. Um, but he did a couple of solo records toward the end of that band's tenure. Uh, this record, the Phil Linnett album from 1982, is his second and final solo record. And I think he died a handful of years after, sort of tragically, sort of at, at the Battle with the Bottle, that old tragic rock star tale. Yeah. But the records that he made, his solo records, are a little different from the Thin Lizzy sound, which is sort of more of a strident, heavy rock kind of thing. And these are a little broader. He's kind of playing with different sounds and different textures, different instrumentation, kind of different songwriting style. Uh, but his voice and his delivery is still the same. It's still got that sort of nasally, direct, working man kind of thing that he does so well that makes him so attractive. Um Exactly. And I think, you know, he had, like you said, he has such a recognizable voice, you know, and I, I knew he had some solo material, but I didn't realize how much until I kind of started digging in. Um, and I love this song. This is one of those songs where I listened to it. And the more I listened to it, the more I heard, you know, there was yeah, so yeah. much going on. Um, and I was getting like very strange, but I was getting like a little bit of like Billy Joel in it too. Like it had moving out vibes yeah. for me a little bit. There's vi I mean, I, I pick up, there's a melody in there that is sort of uh, like a men at work melody. Yeah. In yeah. There. And there's this sort of sounds like an ELO song in a way. It's very mm -hmm. Beatlesy. So he's sort of like picking up from a lot of his influences or a lot of things that are just swirling around at that time. But it still sounds like him, you know? I think the Billy Joel thing, there's a lot of piano on there that might be part of it. 
I, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to encourage listeners. Like, check yeah. it out. Give this song a listen, and then right immediately after it, listen to Moving Out, Anthony's song from yeah. Billy Joel's The Stranger album. Um, I, I'll tell people to pull that album out any day yeah, just yeah, for yeah. fun anyway. But um, yeah, there was something about it. And it was like, you know, this song is sort of the story of a breakup, and yeah. it, it takes you on the journey, right? Like, lyrically, you learn how she acted and how he feels and what they used to do. And musically, we kind of go through all those scenarios and emotions as well I yeah. felt like so maybe it was that like the storyline was similar to to me in that um, you know they're both um, about dudes that are kind of done you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that resonated as well and where where moving out kind of um, accentuates with horns mm-hmm. which is strange for Billy Joel who yeah, yeah. is the piano man yeah. I'm told <laughs> um, you know this one accentuates with that really cool keyboard solo that in the b- middle the b- yeah I, I have mixed I feelings about that piano thing I love it. It's pretty cool, but it's a little... I mean, I like a good flourish now and again, but that may, might be a little much. Yeah. I like the piccolo trumpet at the okay, end. Okay, okay. Because that's, you know, you know, a, a smacks of Penny Lane. Yes, yes. Which is pretty cool. Um, you know, the thing that I like about this song that you kind of mentioned in, in, in the way it tells its story is that the song is kind of theatrical. Mm-hmm. Starts with the spoken word thing, then does, you know, a verse and a chorus, like, yep. r- like a song. And then it breaks down into that... Into that breakdown where it's quieter, less instrumentation. Mm-hmm. He's kind of it slows down significantly, and then it's right back into the song. Yep. I think that's really cool, and it's it's hard to do that successfully, but it does, and it doesn't feel forced. It feels really natural in this song, yeah, which and I it, think is amazing. It keeps the song interesting too. Yeah. Like I didn't get tired of listening to it over and over because, like I said, I kept hearing new things every time I listened. I right. was like, oh, I didn't catch that the first time. Yep, yep. And it's not like lyrically, it's not the most amazing song in the world. I mean, how many breakup songs do we have? A lot. We have a lot. But I think the way that he kind of stages it is really cool. And I also love the phrase cracking up. Yeah. This boy is cracking up. It's so, that's just such a great, like, <laughs> offhand, not trying too hard to write a cool lyric kind of thing. Yeah. It felt really honest and raw. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I have a kind of a love hate relationship with Thin Lizzy. So with Phil Linnett as well. But um, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm curious, I made this note specifically for you. We had the unique experience of living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area mm-hmm. when the Dallas Cowboys were really like on a roll. You know, right. when we were in college was when they did their three-peat Super Bowl win, right. blah, blah, blah. So I could live my whole life and never, <laughs> ever, ever hear the boys are back in town again. That's that's a solid point. Yep, yep. And so that was the first thing, like when I was, I just grabbed your songs and pulled them up on Spotify and like didn't think a lot about it and when I heard it I was like is this the boys are back in town like what's happening you know like (laughs) I had a panic a moment for a second you know and then I'm like oh wait we're good we're good it's not that song (laughs) did we talk about the song jailbreak at one point I don't know if we did or not, but I know that's the album that yeah. Boys Are Back in Town is on. We may have. I mean, That's please, a great that's, song. Well, I, you know, when I like that whole album, it's yeah. just that we got bombarded with sure. Boys Are Back in Town because of the Dallas Cowboys. And so at least during that time, I'm not sure if they still play the song as much as they used to, but... Woo. I'm sure it gets spun a, a couple of times a game. Boy, that's the blessing and the curse of having a hit like that. Yeah, I mean, know? and that resonates, you know, or happens to tie in perfectly with a major national NFL yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> America's team, right? <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Oh, the last thing I'll say is the hola Oh, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Great. So good. He says it twice, too. Twice. Yeah, I love it. So good. 
Um, well, if this song is about a lady who did a boy wrong, your second pick sort of flips that script. Tell me about your second pick. The second pick, uh, this is we're flipping the script and the coin here, is uh, Alfie by Dionne Warwick. Well, the song is by Burt Bacharach and Hal David. The recording I'm specifically into is the uh, Dionne Warwick's version, which is not the original version. The original in the movie is Scylla Black. Yep. Um, and her version is great, but... There is something about Dion's version that I think just her vocal, the, her delivery, which reportedly was one take. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that vocal in one take, first take. It's it, crazy. It's an amazing, amazing vocal performance on an amazing, incredibly challenging song, just from like the way it's built. The chords are insanely weird. Well, they're not weird. They're weird for a pop song. They're not weird for a Bacharach song. They move in a really cool way. Um they go to some really weird places. The melody kind of works in a strange way on those chords. So just being able to sing that on pitch is is an amazing feat, I think. Well, it's such a it's it's a simple song that's so complicated. Yeah, was yeah. the note that I made about it. Like when you listen to it, you think like, oh, it's so sweet and airy. And again, I think this is a testament to the magic of Dionne Warwick is that it, it sounds effortless and light. Yeah, and then yeah. it's this really complex Burt Baccarat song. You yeah, know, yeah. he's not known for writing really simple songs. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, you really, I love the sort of the dichotomy and that you get both in this song. Yeah. And you just, I mean, you said it. You cannot argue with. Dionne Warwick's voice and when I think of her and then I think of her equally talented cousin Whitney Houston and mm -hmm. Whitney's mom Cece like you Cece Houston you just like how much talent in that family like it's how amazing. they hit like the singing talent lotto the trifecta <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah where you've just got so much insane talent um yeah. coming from one family wow it's extraordinary they they um and I think they initially wanted Dionne Warwick to sing it for the movie. Okay. I think that was their Bacharach's first push, but the movie studio Paramount wanted an English singer because the movie's set in England. And I've never seen the movie, actually. The Well, and you know they remade it, too. They remade it in 2006. So the, the original is Michael Caine and Shelley Winters. Yeah. And then they remade it with Jude Law and Sienna Miller, and Joss Stone sings oh, really? Alfie for the remake. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. And, I, you know, you uh, dropped some science on me earlier that it's back in the public consciousness. It is, yes. Um, for those that are familiar with the show Emily in Paris, there is a character in the show named Alfie, and they reference this song, and the song plays, and so huh. it had a little bit of a resurgence. Um, you know, like so many are now. There are so many shows right now that are pulling. Yeah, um, Yellow Jackets is coming to mind, right? They're bringing back all of the '90s oh, hits, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And Emily in Paris did its job in bringing back Alfie because of this character. So yeah, it's had a complete resurgence twice now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and boring old me, I was just going through a song book <laughs> and found it yeah it's um it's popular again it's popular again um well i think too like this next transition um is going to be interesting <laughs> because <laughs> i love a good transition <laughs> because it could be the first time in recorded history that anybody's gone from dion warwick to the beastie boys <laughs> but that, you know what if you're in my car that happens a lot right, right, so right. <laughs> maybe it's not so unique um, but my first pick um, is a song called I Don't Know by the Beastie Boys. Great song. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I was looking at artists that I was surprised I didn't feature more in the first year of the show. And in case we neglected to mention at the top, 
Don, this is my one-year anniversary episode. (laughs) Play cue the anniversary music. Right, right. Um, Yeah, so I I was going back and feeling nostalgic about the first year of the show, and I was like, who who did I not feature that I'm surprised by? And I was really surprised that I didn't have more Beastie Boys. They're, you know, canon for me. I love Beastie Boys. Mm -hmm. I have everything. Um, And this song is just one of my favorites. It's a surprise if you think you know the Beastie Boys and you don't know this song give it a listen. Even if you think you know the Hello Nasty album, which it appeared on from 2009, give this song a listen. I right. think you said like you you knew that album and just really kind of didn't, this song didn't register for you as being on that album. Right. Yeah. It did not because that, I will, a little, my only, here's a funny aside. The band that I was in in the early 2000s was a band called Chomsky. Okay. And we had, for a moment there, a PR agency in New York doing some working with us, and they were Nasty Little Man. Oh. And when you call them, they say, Hello, Nasty. That's where, that's where that album title comes from. Oh, I yeah, had yeah. no idea. A little that, piece of trivia That's there. my little nugget. Um but they all now they represent like Paul McCartney and they've they've moved on from Chomsky. <laughs> I was gonna say, huh? Little small names like Paul <laughs> McCartney. <laughs> but this is a cool song. It does it doesn't like we talked about this a little bit earlier. It doesn't. I mean, it fits in because the Beastie Boys oeuvre is so varied and mountainous. Everything everything that seems like it doesn't fit eventually fits if you sit there long enough. Right. But it's a cool song. I like that. I was reading a little bit about it. They got a percussionist. Like, I, was, I was like, who's playing drums on that? And who's playing guitar? Because those, it was a pretty sophisticated playing going yeah. on. And not that the Beastie Boys themselves weren't sophisticated players, but I was like, I don't know that that's necessarily them. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out who's playing guitar, but the drummer is a guy named uh, Dudeca de Fonseca, oh. who's a Brazilian percussionist and, and a very notable jazz drummer. So you can tell, yeah. There's two percussionists list, listed on there, so somebody's playing drums, and I think there's another hand drum on there. But um, it's it's cool that they reached out to people like that of that caliber, and the people of that caliber respect them enough to come in and work with them. You know, they have such a great reputation. Yeah, and and I think the other thing you and I spoke about this a little bit. You know, if, if the only Beastie Boys that you know is like Fight for Your Right, right. you know, there's a whole other Beastie Boys that you're missing out on. You know, th- these they're they're very smart, they're very um, precocious dudes to yeah. have done and come up the way they did in the industry. But if you listen to the lyrics, like you know, they're poking fun, they're funny, but they're smart. They have to be to say some of the things that they're saying. And I think that um, this song really kind of showcases that and if you've not dug deep into their catalog you know they have a a fully instrumental album called the in sound which i always recommend to people too Mm -hmm. which is so so good um and a different side of the beastie boys um but this song is is almost like a meditation which is so funny when you think of it as like the only other song from the beastie boys that i had featured in the show in the first year was fight for your right and that actually (laughs) popped up because uh, i was recording on the day that the supreme court overturned rv way i didn't so I was like, wow. all right, fight. It's time for fight for your right. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this song is beautiful and I love the opening. Um, what's pleasing to the eye in the delusion of my sight is not what I find when I reach into the light. It's amazing. Like, what? Wow. <laughs> so definitely give this song a listen. Listen to the lyrics. Like I said, it's almost like 
a super cool meditation. And for being on the same album as songs like Body Movin' and Intergalactic and 3MCs and 1DJ is just kind of crazy yeah, that this yeah. song even found its way into this album. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I think it's all connected. The mind, the spirit, and the body, it's all connected. And I think they knew that. They know that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's back to being smart guys. <laughs> back to being smart guys. Well, and then we kind of, um, I, you know, I, I shifted again, and I was really surprised by this. I was looking, and like I said, artists that I was surprised hadn't featured more prominently in the first year and I had not one zero songs by Prince I'm like how did I get through my first year without a Prince song so we're we're, we're fixing that right now right. we're rectifying the situation and my second pick is seven by Prince amazing song a, a song that I did not like when it came out necessarily oh I loved it I, I loved it from the beginning yeah it, it it didn't grab me, but I was listening, and I probably had not listened to it much since then. Whenever when did it come out? Like ninety ninety three, uh, actually ninety two, because it was on the Love Symbol album. This is actually Prince and New Power Generation. Yeah. You know, Prince went through; he was Prince, and then Prince and the New Power Generation, and then the Symbol, and then right. you know, like he's done then the artist. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole there's a whole lot of of, of evolutions of Prince. Um, but yeah, this one came out in nineteen ninety two originally, and then it was also on the Hits and B sides album from right. ninety three. Yeah, but. I was listening to it last night and today, and it's just, it's an amazing production. It, it It's nice to hear, because a lot of the Prince stuff that I love is all Prince with the Lynn drum machine. Yeah. You know, When Doves Cry and all that stuff, which is amazing. So it's nice to hear him with a drummer. Yeah. On record, uh, one of the best shows I ever saw was Prince. So good. At, in Dallas at the basketball arena. And I was literally <laughs> in the next to last row by the roof. Like, you know, from here to the moon distance, basically. But it was still so unbelievably funky. It was so yes. amazing. Yes. And he had everybody in that room completely in the palm of his hand. It was so, so good. Such an amazing entertainer. I had the good fortune of being able to see him at the Hollywood Bowl, actually. Oh, wow. And yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, he's, what, four foot ten of right. nothing but magic. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it was really such a good show. And it's so hard to pick a single Prince song, you know? I mean, I went back and forth. I'm like, maybe Pope. That's one of my favorites. I love Pope. I love I Would Die For You, Housequake, mm -hmm. Let's Go Crazy, You Got The Look. I mean, there are so many Prince songs that I could feature that a, a lot of people, I think, only know his hits. You know, they know right. Red, Little Red Corvette or Raspberry Beret or right. anything from the Purple Rain album. But there's so much there. I mean, really, this is one you can go down the rabbit hole and stay for a long while with Prince. <laughs> well, he's a lot like the Beastie Boys in yeah. terms of like just a chameleon and phases of his career. For sure. And just, you know, smart, well-respected, like all of the things as well. Maybe that's it. Maybe I, I should have gone for like, you know, people that my theme wasn't artists I'd left out, but these artists that have these really amazing, deep and varied catalogs. Right, right. <laughs> I think the thing about Prince, though, is that when you hear Prince, you know you're listening to Prince. Sometimes if I'm listening, like when I first heard I Don't Know, I'm not sure that it, it immediately registered to me that it was a Beastie Boys song, yeah. right? With Prince, though, you any, I mean, if you hear Prince, you know immediately that it's Prince. Well, yeah, musically and vocally, and also no one else is going to use the word savoir faire in a lyric and make it land. And it's my favorite part, too. We're going to go there, Don, because I love the opening of the song. All seven, and we'll watch them fall. They stand in the way of love, and we will smoke them all. With an intellect and a savoir faire, no one in the whole universe will ever compare. I'm right. all, yes, it's and then, so beautiful. And then sing it again. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> he goes down. I'm like, musically, too, is that is it a chorus if it's the first thing that he says? Can it still can, be? I think you can call it a chorus, yeah. Can you? Okay. Because yeah. I started, I'm like, the chorus goes like, and then I'm like, well, 
But this is how the song starts. Can it still be a chorus? I think you can have the chorus at the top. Okay, I like it then. Again, Prince, the innovator. Prince. Well, that's, you know, that's a... It's a, a very uh, modern songwriting trend because everybody's trying to write songs for TikTok now, oh, so right. they have to be 30 seconds. So you you got to have the chorus or a tease of the chorus at the very top, then you have a quick verse, then you do the chorus again, and then then you're on to the next dance video. You're done. Yep. You're done. Well, and I think too, you know, this song Seven is from 1992, like we mentioned, and it's still 100% relevant. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you can listen to those lyrics and and listen to the song, and it still feels like it's fresh, even though it's. Right. Whatever. What are we at? Were you at 30 years? 1992? 30 years old? 31? That was just five years ago. What are you talking about? Right, right. We're only 28. That's right. That's right. We're just going (laughs) to keep it. We're going to leave the listeners with that. (laughs) Two 28 year olds talking about music. That's right. Who brought up uh, Phil Linnett and Dionne Warwick and (laughs) Beastie Boys and Prince, like 28 year olds do. (laughs) We had dropping teenage listeners by the droves here. Right. I'm like, I don't even know that a 28 year old has any idea who any, like, one of any of the four artists we had on the show today. 28 year olds, please weigh in. If we are, um, if we are judging and we are out of line, let us know. Right. Like, message on Instagram. We want to hear that we are way off base here because I'd be nothing would make me happier than to know that 28 year olds today are listening to Phil Lennett and Dionne Warwick. So <laughs> I hope I hope they are. I hope, I hope so, too, because there's so much good stuff. There's out there. there's a very deep well. It is. It is. Well, Don, as always, thank you so much for sharing what you're listening to and for joining me on my one-year episode. You were my first guest outside of Matt and Samer, my producers and hosts of um, of Super Awesome Mix, which is the network the show lives on. Um, you were first. So wow. I'm happy to be celebrating the one-year anniversary with you. Well, congratulations on one amazing year, and I'm always flattered to jo- and ve- very happy to join you and very flattered that you asked me to do the, the first and the one year. I, mean, I know. It's really well, cool. You've done an amazing thing here. It's It's been a great ride watching it happen and being a part of it. Yay. Let's keep it going. All let's right. see. Like year two, we're going to, what's our goal for our year two finale episode? We're going to be um, on a stage with uh, PRX and NPR or like <laughs> something a, huge. That's <laughs> a good goal. We can make that happen. We're going to put it out there. <laughs> we can do that. Uh, well, thank you so much, Don. And to learn more about Don and listen to his music, you can follow him on Instagram at El Cento, that's E-L-C-E-N-T-O, or visit his website, doncento.com, D-O-N-C-E-N-T-O.com. Also, we mentioned Don's new collaborative project at the top of the show. The single from that album called Charge My Phone by Pink Nasty meets El Cento is available on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream. So be sure to check out the song Charge My Phone. And please be sure to follow, download, and share this show with everyone you know and all the people you'd like to know because music is a great way to connect. Last but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week to find your new favorite song.